Good morning, it's the 6th of May, and you're listening to The Big Kick-Up. Good morning, welcome to the big kickoff. It's Sunday morning and it's sunny. Happy banker, everybody. <laughs> Happy banker. <laughs> uh, David, barbecue is out. Barbecue is out, yeah. It got its debut yesterday uh, with some good old fashioned uh, burgers and sausages and a few bits and pieces. Nice corn and cob, nice fresh salad. And I have this lovely little table where you can fill it full of ice and then you can pull the top of the table up and there's a few little nice cold teenies and cokes and whatever else. It was a lovely day. Good. Fine day, how about y'all? Good. No, so, one, no one went home with dicky tummies or poison. Uh, well, as of yet. I've yet to find out. Yeah, because they haven't. Yeah, I had some of the family up, so I might give them a ring this morning and make sure they hadn't any restless they nights. They woke up. <laughs> yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Touch uh, wood. Uh, a lot of sport over the weekend, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, two hours, bumper packed, uh, full of shenanigans over the last couple of days. Absolutely everything. I can rhyme off all the sports. Loads going on. Yeah, so we've so plenty to get through. Plenty to talk about. Obviously, we've got Darren com- uh, coming on uh, later on to kind of preview the European Champions Cup final next week with Leinster and Racing and uh, probably Monster as well seeing as he, he's looking to do some homework on it yeah but there, there's so much I said the rugby the football uh, again like we had uh, and even um, stuff that went on during the week as well like ale, ale, ale. what happened ale, ale, ale. chicken know. Kiev's in three weeks time for dinner Anyhow, um, <laughs> we'll start off with an Irish song just for the oh yeah just in, in case you don't know uh, Ireland is having their summer this weekend it so yes yeah. three days of pure sunshine and we're ready so try and get the tan beyond the t-shirt length and get it up around your shoulders and all over and uh, we're going to start nice short sharp and quick with the undertones with here comes the summer Just like our summer, that song is over. You ruined me punchline. I was ready for that one. <laughs> Teeth. Uh, yeah, we're all excited. I know we're all excited. So that's why I just want to. We just want to briefly mention it, and we hope everything works out in the in the in, in the long run. But it's it's grabbing all the sports headlines since about nine o'clock, ten o'clock last night. Poor Elsa Alex Ferguson's in hospital in induced coma at the moment after uh, suffering a brain hemorrhage yesterday morning. Um, obviously. There was no rumours, but Darren Ferguson missed his game yesterday with Doncaster due to severe family reasons. And uh, as as the day went on, it kind of came out what it was about. So with a bit of luck, um, he, all, he comes through. Apparently, he's in the induced combat just to kind of help with the process of 
kind of the recovery side of things but they're more than happy with their surgery so please God touch wood everything works out for the man and uh, he makes a full recovery and keeps going and wrecking our heads eventually so, so you've chosen to uh, add his sir as his name oh yeah, yeah. why not mm. but you know why because like I, I, I there's a bloody good reason why he's a long list of role of honour like and he yeah. is pretty much arguably is the greatest just, is he not just Alex Ferguson though oh yeah of course he is now he probably would only want to be referred to as Alex Ferguson I presume who knows I don't know. but um, like again this is just a, a you just get used to it now is, lately this is this is certainly an Irish thing where people, oh, you don't want to refer people, to him as Sir Alex pe- people don't like people thinking they're above their station well one thing's for that. sure I doubt, I doubt if that man does uh, reading no, plenty no. of the books on him and but anyhow yeah, he's a, obviously a legend and it was great last week that he, they were out on the pitch with Arsenal. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, just how things can turn. He, he's obviously he's he's I suppose with, with, with Arsene Wenger, he knows the troubles and the the of apparently uh, at the manager conferences in Switzerland or whatever. Every year they always go to dinner the night before together, just the two of them, and do they kind of go over everything and this, that, and the other, and whatever, and go back because like whatever about the twenty five years of success at United. Basically, Arsenal were the one true, true rivals. They were, yeah. You know, right. everyone everyone else had a little pop every now and then. And even Mourinho only kind of came in at the end. And it was a little different because it was more money, quick success and shout to the top. And even City was the same. But with Arsenal, they were around for a long time and they were some battles. Mm, they yeah. were great battles. But yeah. Uh, yeah, please God, now all goes well. And uh, hopefully so. We'll see, him, uh, we'll see him in the stands, hopefully for the new season. It'd be a bit like... Uh, Hinkle from isn't it Hinkle who's the Bayern Munich manager yeah uh, maybe when Marino gets sacked Ferguson. oh Henkes Henkes Hen- yeah Henkes that's right because I wouldn't mind I was only talking about one, one of my great memories of Fergie was the bloody Sheffield Wednesday game the 97th minute and yeah. him and uh, Brian Kidd and kids yeah. on his knees because yeah. we were in Liverpool with uh, Hillcrest at a, for a weekend and we were watching it in the hotel like kind of going I know yeah. got the title in the bag <laughs> like everyone half of us were jumping for joy the other half were going oh they're back it's like me looking at Liverpool at the anyhow so since we were talking about it we'll talk about it uh, the fight last night you watched the fight David Hay has ripped us off again um, ripped us off again so I, I'm going to say when we, I, we talked about the fight the last time the first Hay value yep uh, I was saying Bellew was taking a lot out of this uh, because uh, Hay had, was injured his Achilles had gone he was on yep. literally on the back foot because he had the one foot to get around on and he only got he only beat him in the 11th or 12th or whatever it was eventually he, he managed to get him yeah. so I wasn't giving him much credit for his victory even though he gave himself so much credit yeah. uh, but on this time and on this occasion there's there's no yeah, there's no quarrel at all. Oh no, and, and when I say he's ripped us off again, I'm not taking anything away from Bellew because, you know, obviously he's kind of slipped it out in the last few days, and obviously more so yesterday, kind of the struggle he's yeah. had mentally. And one thing in boxing, you need to ha- you need to be fairly right in the last six inches of your body yeah. g- going into a fight where somebody's going to punch you in the face and damage you. Um, so I'm sure it was a stupid test for him over the last say since August, obviously since his brother not passed. Um, and as he said, the biggest fight I'm going to have is tomorrow when my wife comes home, which she let me fight again. Yeah. You know, basically he said, but this, this stuff is easy. It's, it's whether she'll let me because as his coach said last night, he's getting better and he is because he was, he was never overly bothered about him when he was first starting to make a name. And I thought he was just a good, honest, entertaining fighter to watch, but not necessarily a great fighter yeah. because he's all heart and he will always 
stand up till the end and he's good to watch but not necessarily a great fighter but in fairness he's improved and improved and improved and he just shuts everyone up every time and it's great to watch and good luck to him but is he is he a heavyweight oh absolutely not absolutely not he said himself last night like would you take he says no why why would I want that like Hay is kind of a bit like him he's a cruiserweight, cruiserweight. who slipped in and kind of nicked the world title against the big monster value F. I think now in hindsight he probably wouldn't have done much else against the, the real heavyweight so who is there then to fight uh, for Bellew yeah. oh back in cruiserweight um, he's ca- trying to call out Andre Ward who is one of them pound for pound greats he is a top 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 fighter and basically he'd be a bit he wouldn't be too exciting in the sense he's a bit Mayweather he's an incredible defensive fighter Right. But he'd be a massive name for him, and it'd be a massive payout. And as Bellew, I'd say Bellew will only ever do it unless they're big, big names now yeah. and get the payout and really well, he's, build he's, up the pension, so to speak. I think that's the only reason why he's boxing 100%. now, isn't it? It looks like he's gone through all those years. And it's the got, first thing he said after the hay fight, the first one. I'm sorted now, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm could look after my family, and obviously the same for this one. Yeah. He's just building up now to sort himself out, and good, I, I wouldn't stop him. And they were talking about him on Sky Sports there yesterday and how intelligent he is about, about his talk uh, uh, that would make him a great commentator I, I, lo- I love listening to him he, he knows his stuff yeah. and he's an incredible student of the game like he knows everyone inside out and he would have been one of these who would have been obsessed as a kid somebody obviously grabbed him like and inspired him and he talks about them all your Roberto Durant and all these classic guys who would have been around in the late 70s early 80s that kind of got lads into boxing and he seems to be one who studies everybody yeah. <clears throat> and he knows his stuff and when he's talking about different fights you know he's one of the ones I'd listen to more because it's his opinion which is most important but too it's quite clever and it's, he's kind of nearly hitting the nail on the head every time he knows his stuff like yeah yeah. Um, but listen and he'd be better than Carl Frock who did you, do you know he <laughs> fought in Wembley no I never no, heard that never heard that in front no. of 80,000 or something 80, was it no it was, never yeah, yeah. and he even tried to tell Floyd Mayweather that yeah, yeah. Mayweather looked up as if say who's your so uh, anyway but hey the only thing I'll tell you about hey and I, I'm, I'm kind of it's half tongue in cheek he ripped us off again but something Bellew said last night and it's probably true like maybe Hay is fooling himself and his body can't do it anymore and it's not that he's hiding injuries and trying to rip us off maybe he still thinks he has it and he thought he could he probably thought his power was enough to do Bellew but obviously it's not and something did go again last night it was speed and power now it's just power yeah Yeah. and as they said that's what he relies on because of his size especially taking on some of these bigger guys it was his speed and, and his accuracy and then there was a bit of power behind it that's that's what happens and in fairness he caught him lovely I say I know it looked like something went wrong again when it, when he went down it looked like his arm went down towards his leg or his ankle or whatever it doesn't matter um, I think there was only going to be one winner in the end anyway regardless um, we have a clip from this is an American station so yeah of course we had to play this one it was Sky Sports or uh, this American station but this but is a clip. understated as usual I presume was it yeah this is Tony Bellew talking about his TKO win <laughs> Radio Rahim Rahim with the bomber. Tony, Bellew, listen, man. I I want, you know, David's a friend of mine. You're a friend of mine. It was a great night of boxing. I have to admit, even I didn't expect it to end that quickly, no matter who won it. How did you turn this table from an 11-round injury stoppage to a four-knockdown fifth-round TKO? Because he was coming to fight this time. It wasn't him lying on the ropes trying to be or trying to rush me. I got a man to try and box me. 
And if you try and box with me and play a game of chess, ain't gonna end well for you. I'm just, I have a really good boxing brain. I adapt, I adjust. I told everyone who'd listen, I'll do them faster. In the first round, he was elusive. He was throwing, landing some overhand rides. It seemed like he was slipping. He was extend, he was expanding too much energy. That's what he was doing. All these arm movements, the move, expanding too much energy. I'm just composed, I'm slick. I'm watching your moves. I'm seeing how your timing going. Every time you step to your right, you're looking to set up the right hand. You're trying to pull the left hand to bring over the right hand. I notice everything. I know his style inside out. What was the moment in the fight when you know, I've got him? When the bell rung for the first time. <laughs> I just, I, it styles make fights, brother. That's the way it goes, you know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, wise, I'm a wise boxer. I know what I'm doing. Before I let you go, man, at the, the end of this fight, I saw the tears coming out of your eyes. You're, I know you're an emotional guy, but usually uh, funny emotions, usually sometimes angry emotions. I've never seen that emotion from you. What were you feeling? Was it, I mean, it couldn't have been sadness. I, I don't know. Uh, listen, it's sadness. That's all it is. Sadness. I lost my brother-in-law uh, in August last year, and I, my life's just been a mess since then, so it's hard to hide that away from the media. But uh, I don't know. My life's a mess. The only time my life makes sense when I punch people in the face. Woohoo! So he said it himself. He's nearly saying it himself. Hey is too easy to read. Yeah. And that's why it was in the end, as he said. And that was one thing that stuck out when, when he was being interviewed afterwards. He said he could see the punches coming all the time. And that's why he said he wasn't. He got relaxed. He got comfortable. And he knew he got him. He had him. And uh, unfortunately, that's the way it is in this game sometimes. You know, sometimes the last person to know is the fighter himself, which is, and it can be sad. Uh, it looks like he's <clears throat> excuse me, going to survive with all his faculties intact and go off and look pretty somewhere else and show off your muscles in the jungle again or wherever else and make your money elsewhere because it's not in the ring anyway, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah. He's the key. I thought you would have announced it straight away, but he kind of no, he's, he's kind of half hinted, and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, but he's kind of half hanging on as well. And it's like, he said, but then again, look at the, the, the videos, I look back at it and we'll yeah, see what we. Can that's do. that's what surprised me as well, and you never know. And hey. Even Mayweather ha still has bills to pay, and he's the richest paid fighter. Like you know what I mean? So yeah, you never know. Reason he, for that. Well, yeah, I know that. But hey, could be something similar because as much as they make a lot of money, they mightn't make as much as you got. We all thinking to live the lifestyle they want to live. So but they're big. They're big fights. Oh yeah, those two fights are, were big fights for him. Mm. And, and as, you, as Tony Bellew said, like he's set up now. Yeah, but he lives like. Like normal life, sensible. Like he's not in a four bed semi, I presume. Yeah. But you know what I mean. He's not in one of these mansions that cost four or five million, and it's yeah. killing him. Like he's definitely clever. Like hey, might be might be a different story. He might be a bit more lavish. But you, who knows? But for me, hopefully he he does the wise thing. And and, and Bellius, the first thing he said to him in his ear is like, just stop. Yeah, you know, because there is a bit of respect. As much as they hate each other and they give it the big one, like you still don't want to see somebody get hurt and put themselves in trouble in this game and. That's one of the things he said as well. As long as both walk away, he says, I'm happy. And that's the way it looks. And hopefully for Hay, listen, for yourself, mate, just take it easy. Okay. Enjoy your career. For a change, I think we'll go to a song before the ad breaks. Right. What have we got? Uh, this is uh, another apt summer song. It's T-shirt weather with Circa Waves. Oh, no, it's Circa Waves with T-shirt weather. <laughs>
And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. Still in my mouth. <laughs> Careful now. 087062 uh, The big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com. Going down, going down, going down. Yes, Stoke, good luck. Get lost. Sick of it. Gone. I'm actually happy. Too many in the mercenary finally got found out. You don't like Stoke, sir? So. Ah, it's not that I don't like Stoke. St- Stoke, Stoke. You know, there's, there's a decent side there. and Yeah. Um, no fight, though. Is this something like Charlton? I know, I probably always reference Charlton, <laughs> Charlton, but with Alan Corbsley. When they got rid of Tony Pulis. Oh, yeah. Tony Pulis had them nice and steady. They, they were, uh, did they like the football? They started to smell They started to think, oh, will we try and get more cultured and push up the table yeah, now? And, and they got Mark Hughes in. In fairness, Mark Hughes did a decent job with them. There was a little spell of a year, year and a half where I actually would watch them. They, mm. they had that little spark for a while. I think there was one game where I think it was Arsenal and they were phenomenal. Mm. But they were all humming. Arnautovic was humming. Um, Bojan, Afaloy was there. Shakiri. They, like they were all singing off the same hymn sheet, and they were all. But of course, once a few defeats start coming their way, these guys don't have it. No, and they didn't. And that, they're that type of player that they're a bit spoiled. They like everything their own way. But once things started to, they hadn't. They weren't willing to roll up the sleeves, you know. And that's why Crouch is still there because he always does. And fair play to him. But obviously, he's not going to be a guy who's going to save them. If you know what I mean. No. Uh, well, here's the moment. Uh, Stoke probably went down. Suffering in the sun, the Stoke City supporters. Zaha, who could make heavy, gets this right. Oh, it's touched into the path of Van Arnold! That is a devastating goal! A dagger to the heart of Paul Lambert and Stoke City. Because with five minutes to play, that is the goal that ends Stoke City's 10-year stay in the Premier League. In so doing, it will also ensure that Crystal Palace are safe. What a contrast of emotions. What a desperate moment for Stoke. Stoke 1, Crystal Palace 2. And I'm going to say first, uh, a serious tip of the cap to Roy Hodgson and the job he's done there. Oh, unbelievable. they were as good as down as well. Unbelievable. And Whatever, 15 games ago, wherever he came in. And he's done a great job there. Settled inside and made some of them come alive again. Does it say something about the English national team's culture, though? That there's, there's something there that the pressure they just can't cope with. When he's gone into any club, he's done a he's brilliant done a great job. job. Fulham, he got him to European Probably final. Liverpool, maybe. Is that... Is that is, is the... Yeah, like... See, it was a funny one. He came in after... Daglish? Yeah. Wasn't it? And then Rogers came in after yeah. him. Am I right? No, yeah. did he come in? After? No, no, yeah. he can't. Did he? Jeez, me head's gone. You're the Liverpool supporter here. You should know. No, this. no, he came in um, after Daglish, and it. You know, he came after great reputation after Fulham run, and it did. It never quite fit in the sense of is he good enough for the the top nowadays? I don't know. And Hodgson's one of these. A bit, he's a bit like your Pulises and your Warnocks and stuff he knows a certain type and he's from that era where they know how to grind out stuff and they yeah. know it and maybe that suits that level but with Liverpool and say United and Cities they'd be like no we don't do that here we dominate is there so much is there a certain level that's needed of tactics of, of game plan I think you have that's to be more tactically to, aware 
to get out of relegation. Yeah, but possibly. Do, do you not need to have that little bit more to go and win a league? Possibly. But at the same time, when you are just pound for pound so much better than everyone else, look at Man City. They've won tactic, me, And they've 93 points, 102 goals. Do you know what I mean? It's If you're that strong, do you really need five or five tactics? You might need one for the one-off games when you're playing your United's and Liverpool's. Fair enough. But when you're Crystal Palace or whatever and you're playing a lot of teams who are better than you, unfortunately, you kind of have to have the solid tactic where right, what we have, we hold and we'll find our way of nicking things. But then again, you probably need your other tactic when you're playing the, the lads in the trenches beside you. Are we going to fight harder than them and make sure we get this win more? I don't know. It's a hard one to tell, but it's an incredible job what he's done there. And in fairness, Darren Moore could be the Houdini with West Brom. He, they're, they're not gone yet. They're not gone yet. And, they, and they were, they've been gone for months. And all of a sudden it's like, they're back they like mosquitoes. Ne- they were nearly gone. Did you watch the game? I don't know if you watched the game. I watched Everton and Southampton yesterday. <laughs> Oh my god, the heartache! And it, it, it was down to their, down to themselves. They shot yeah. themselves in the foot. Yeah. They had the game won. Actually, their centre half. It was ninety third minute, and there was I think three minutes of extra time, and it went on just a little bit extra. But he ran the whole end of the pitch, went up into the corner, the Everton yeah. uh, corner, and had two players around him. And instead of holding onto the ball and backing into them, and he kicked it out for a throw. They quickly took the thing and by the time he was back the ball was in the, their yeah. box and then they had a chance to clear it and he cleared it out the left full cleared it out to about 18 yards they got the cross and, and it all came from that deflected goal but they read and they had a, obviously had your man Yoshida was sent off for a, a stupid yeah. tackle with 10 minutes to go or whatever so they really shot themselves in the foot and Southampton now who are on 33 points the same as Swansea only two points ahead of West Brom Yes, now, they have the game they, in hand. They have the game in hand. So that could, it's still, they could still do it. Yeah. And in fairness, if you look at Southampton's form there in the last three games, draw, win, draw, yeah. they have a little bit of confidence. Swansea that are the ones them. who are banging trouble. Oh, they are. Like, they have three defeats in a row now and they're really struggling. You look at West Brom, they're unbeaten in five. It's an incredible job he's done there and, jeez, uh, they might sneak out of it. Now, I don't think they will. I still think they're up against it. But it's incredible with a game to go. They still have a half it's a shot. Farm. You know, but of course, three wins and two draws uh, in, in five points, games. Eleven points in five games for yeah. a, a team down the bottom is is monster. Unbelievable. Uh, so, Swansea, I'm not disappointed for Swansea because they've chopped and changed managers. Yeah, and they, they were a loyal club to their mm-hmm. manager and mm-hmm. gave them opportunities, but they started to chop and change a bit like Wofford, who are probably lucky to get out get away with where they did. What do you make of Leicester? Uh, I think Leicester. Knowing their form lately, and are, are players getting a bit bored of this fella no. again? The rumor is he's going the summer. Anyway, yeah, the rumors is going the summer because they what they don't like is the style of football. They're in ninth position, and yeah. look at that—they've lost four out of the last five. Yeah, because he he got them more stable, and he got them whatever. But now in the last five or six games, yeah, they've just gone backwards. And I'm thinking to myself, is this happening again? Are they kind of going? We don't like this guy. Let's get rid of him. It looks or, like it. It looks. Or like is it kind of him going regardless? Like. But uh, Mares is still there. They're all still fit. They're all still there. And all of a sudden, they're not performing again. And like, whatever about Ranieri and what he did that year, they ne- they gave it everything. Oh, yeah. 100%. And they haven't matched that ever. They The actual, the same effort, they haven't matched it since. And I, for one, if I was a Leicester fan, I'd be pissed off. But is that does that come down to likability? 
willing to work with a manager they, they like him and they like his, the way he goes I do, about yeah, people they, like, I, I get it but at the same time even managers and even Klopp and a few, all these big guys once that whistle blows you know the responsibility is back in your hands so you, you can still do your own thing to an extent yeah but have a look at then Klopp mm. Liverpool he has that likability factor oh right? well look from, well, no. from everyone like Manchester United fans everything people like him even people mm. don't want to like him like him mm. so the players seem to be working for him mm-hmm. and then again you have to look at the Mourinho factor and the players don't seem to be working yeah. You know, they don't seem to be putting that. Like, they had the players that were playing the other night against Brighton and he slated them again, saying, mm. listen, you get your chance, you have to take it, which is 100% fair. Yeah. And I think you need to be professional about the job. So I don't actually, I'm not actually saying that Leicester City, oh, yeah, well, you need to like the, the manager. If the manager's not likable, you don't have to try. You do have to try. Uh, you do definitely do have to try. But, um, yeah, I, I, ju- I just think that if you're getting a manager in, he needs to have that little bit of a, a likability factor too. True. But... You still have to be bloody good at your job. It's all about being a nice guy. Are you good at it as well? Like yeah. to find that happy meeting. But yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. Uh, obviously, Brighton pulled off a, a great win on on Friday night. So they're safe. Brilliant. And Chris Hilton, I'm sick of saying it is is without a doubt one of the best managers around. Well, he's been chart listed in the and manager right of the year. so because you know we've all we've we all watch him because obviously he's one of our own and a whole lot. And he's not done a bad job anywhere. And he's been put, he was pushed away for some bizarre reason at Newcastle and whatever. And Norwich just kind of ran its course. But, geez, he's done a great job everywhere. And now yeah. he's doing it again with Brighton. And there was, there was no way people were going to back them this year. Like, they didn't really go too mad in, in, in signings. In fairness, I think from looking at it over the last two or three years, and I think it's probably the way to go for teams who come up. Don't go mad and bring in these bloody mercenaries and disappear they're the ones who seem to go down straight away while lads who kind of trust what they had and maybe one or two experienced guys seem to do well look at Burnley and look at Burnley exactly and they kept Deutsch Deutsch went back down mm. and in fairness I was uh, listening to the boys on the radio yesterday they actually spent more money in the championship um, to make sure they got back but right. they spent quite wisely didn't go too mad again this year and uh, now they're what two games actually one actually they're in Europe they're in Europe because uh, Everton uh, 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 have only one game to go and they're five points behind. Yeah. So Burnley are in Europe next year. I Mad. rest my case. Mad. Uh, now, when you look at that, Everton aren't in Europe. And, oh. and again, let's have a listen to what the Everton fans think. <laughs> um, he said, um, I'm summarising a bit here, but he said basically that Everton fans, he didn't, he didn't know why Everton fans or any Everton fans would be uh, against Sam Allardyce. Yeah, he did say that. Um, and... Um, you know, and uh, Sam Allardyce should get another year because he's uh, he's done what he was brought in to do. Yep. Um, and my pushback on that would be, I'm, you know, I I don't think he has necessarily done what he was brought in to do. Or if he has, which was to sort of keep us up, which was what I thought uh, Garth Crooks said today, um, then if he's done his job, then that's fine. He can go. If he hasn't done his job, he should be doing better. If you see what I mean. Right, one defeat in seven, and that defeat was against Manchester City. What's your problem? Uh, the problem is, um, it, last week we won uh, against Newcastle. Uh, obviously enjoyed beating Newcastle, but we won, we won with our one and only shot on target. Week before, we ground out possibly the worst ever 1-1 draw away at Swansea City. Um, we uh, we drew nil-nil against Liverpool in the most winnable derby ever. Um, certainly in the last 10 years. Um, it's just been uh, uh, you know, the worst kind of like um, 
turgid football. No. <laughs> so, Sam Allardyce, what's your thoughts on? Um, no, the job that he's done, I know you're not fond, fond of him. Yeah. No, it's not that I'm not fond of him. I just he. he He's one of these who kind of please love me, you know. He's constantly drumming up how great he is because he 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 feels, and he, it's fairly obvious he feels he's never really quite got the recognition he thinks he deserves. Yeah. Sometimes a bit the way Mourinho goes, will you stop moaning? Look at all my successes. Who cares? Yeah, you have your sick. Who cares whether the media love you? But Allardyce drums that up a little bit every now and then. I'm annoyed, great. I'm like, and that, I think that's what turns people off because the English are a bit like ourselves. You know, we, we like people who are humble and we like, we, we're not big fans of people who kind of big themselves up. You know, if you get praise, just take it and be, oh, thanks very much. Well, Allardyce try, tries to drum it up a bit sometimes himself. And I think that's what puts people off and self included. But you know what you're getting with Allardyce? Yeah. Um, Everton should either put up with what they're getting because they're becoming a bit more solid they're incredibly boring um, but the ship is steady at the moment but will it get will it be will, will it go will it go better with, with him next year again with a full season I don't know I don't think so um, I think that's as good as they're going to get with him just nice and steady don't be embarrassed top half of the table when, I don't think they'll when he took over though he, they were in near the bottom three, weren't they? They weren't. They weren't in a desperate, desperate position. No, they weren't in a great position now either. No. I don't think. But when you look at it, Shano, like, and they're they're in eighth position, as you as, and and rightly so for the players alone, regardless of who's the manager. Like they had, they bought like, like Kuma brought in some serious players this year, and serious players that the, the them fans would have been happy with before the season started. They'd be the they'd be the right type of player that probably would have fit their level to push on and it never happened now that's what happens in the, in this game nowadays you just don't know what you're buying but they, they weren't getting any results on their coma oh without a shadow of a doubt when I get that but before the season starts this is what I love to, when fans go mad it's easy to talk about it and give out about it afterwards but beforehand you're all rubbing your hands going to Davy Classens and all these guys Davy Class is a bloody good player with Ajax and he comes in and now he's I don't even think he gets on the bench for whatever he Schneidlin doesn't he, really get in. Classen came on yesterday. Yeah. He came on. But uh, maybe he's coming on now to highlight the fact that he's out there and, and they can make some money off him. Maybe that's what Allardyce is doing. Listen, yeah. I'll start playing him so we can get rid of him. But Schneidlin struggles. Yeah. And he had an incredible reputation as happened. Didn't quite happen at United. Yeah. Thought it was a great move to Everton. Mm. And has been under the radar. Like, it's, I, well, it's I a watched, funny situation. I watched Everton and their football wasn't as bad as... Oh, no. Now, I know they're playing Southampton, Southampton in a bit of trouble, but their football wasn't as bad as they're making it out to be. Albeit, in the final tour, they have no imagination. Should have no striker. That's the hardest part in football, mm-hmm. is the imagination in the final tour. I know you can't so. replace Lukaku's goal straight away because it's yeah. just the way it is. But they didn't even... Like... Your man Tossin checked out. He looks like an Allardyce type player. Yeah. Who's going to be bloody in your face making you work hard but will still barely score 10 goals a season Yeah, you know and Lukaku's getting in the mid-20s and that's why they were threatening your top sixes because of that um, and I, I, who was your man they bought from Spain Sandro Alexandro oh, no exactly who sure. is he he's, I haven't heard of him I don't whether he's injured or he's just brutal they bought a guy from Spain and I, I, he I must be injured be or in. else he's that bad no. but you know that's the one thing that got away and they had the money there anyway so I don't know but listen Everton whatever uh, the fans don't like him they didn't even like him when he first came in no for whatever reason um, maybe 
you know, like some of these clubs, like your Spurs and your West Ham's, they play this brand of football. Are Everton a bit like that? And I love Ferguson's quote in one of his books, "The West Ham Way." What is the West Ham Way? Yeah. Coming mid table every year. Well, the thing is, Ever- you know, that Ever- is the West Ham Way. Everton, Cumin had such a good season before. And they yeah. were they were all talking. And up. the reputation of Southampton as I, well. I, I don't know if if, if Koeman talked it up, but everyone else did. The fans did. The, the papers did, and all about everything. And the new owners, new money, possibly champ, uh, uh, challenging for top four, and that's why a little bit of money they thought. But no one's guaranteed. There's too many. Not. There's too many clubs there with, look at with money. They're in, even, they're in an even better situation than Everton, and they're not even close. They're no. sixth out of, your, out of the Europa League. And 14 points behind Fort. Yeah. Like for Arsenal, that's shocking. Yeah. yeah. So that's, it just goes to show you, it's not that easy. Fort. You look at how many points, they're nearly 40 points behind the league. Well, yeah, well, blah, blah, 36. <laughs> 36 <laughs> points behind the, the champions. Okay, give, 14 us, give us your three to go down. Oh, three to go down. Well, obviously, Stoke, Stoke which is done. Unfortunately, I think West, West Brom will still go. Okay. And I think it's a straight shootout between Sahatman and Swansea and on current form. Yeah, about, I think Huddersfield oh, no, have three games but. they've three games so I, I'm, I'm thinking they'll do something they'll pull Wagner will pull something out of the bag in one of the games who their fixtures are now I couldn't tell you um, I don't know if the internet's that quick no <laughs> I'm trying my best there but I don't think so but uh, yeah they've three yeah, games they're playing left. Man City today. I actually won them as Man City today yeah so <laughs> uh, and then Arsenal and Chelsea <laughs> okay so Huddersfield are gone so actually Huddersfield <laughs> are banging trouble as well yeah. oh no in fairness I was going to say probably Arsenal if, if it wasn't Wenger's last game I'd say it's a slam dunk three pointer yeah, because yeah. you know what Arsenal do they're already in their flip flops now uh, after Lewis in Europa League but the fact that it's Wenger's last game you never know no. they might decide to this pull time it out next week's going to be a very interesting although could, midweek could be all sorted it could all be sorted games. okay we're going to an ad Yeah, just a little shout out here. It's the 6th of May here in the big kickoff in 96.4. Just a shout out to Ireland who are playing Pakistan in their first ever test match this week and uh, in Malahide. Malahide, yeah. Uh, I think it's about 10,000 seats. I'm not sure. I was looking sure. at they had yeah. pictures up on the Cricket Ireland uh, Facebook page. Mm. Yeah, it looks, especially in the sun, it looks spectacular. Exactly. If it was this weekend, geez, it, w- it would have been unreal. God yeah. knows what the weather's going to be like for them next week. Because yeah. in fairness, they've been very unlucky in the last couple of years with any of the big one day internationals that they've had with their English and whoever else have come over that a lot of them have, are getting rained out or they're getting 10 overs each. And it, you just hope <laughs> they get most of the five days decent dry weather. So we'll wait and see anyway. But yeah, good luck. And uh, let's see, uh, let's see what we can do with the, in, in the old white, uh, white top format. Uh, well, we didn't, we didn't qualify for the, the World Cup. But that's because it's even harder now. And we were very close. If we had it done it, it would have been better than anything we've done in the other World Cups. So it's, it's, it's that hard. It's needed now to perform in, in, these, yeah. in these series yeah. because uh, you don't want to lose it either. You can yeah. lose it, I'm sure. You can lose it. Of course you can. How, how, do you know anything about <sighs> No idea. Okay. I, I genuinely, I, I think it's voted and stuff. And, and it's not a case if you qualify. I think it's I, kind of... You need to perform anyhow. You have to have certain, um, I think, stipulations and stuff like that. And then they can uh, apply and then... It goes to the board and they kind of go, yeah, we'll give them a shot. Okay. <laughs> you know what time it is. 
Enlighten me. Have you watched any of the snooker? <laughs> uh, very little. Very uh, little. I, got, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been completely off my radar for whatever reason, but it's like it's gone back in time. It's Higgins v. Williams in the final here. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. John Higgins is a, a, a genius. He's like... Oh no, he's not like Tony Bellew. But he's, <laughs> he's, 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 tactically, he's brilliant. He wears people down. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, he's made for this format. He he will he will be up against a player, and that player will be hitting maybe you know sixty seventy uh, breaks in certain games, but he'll put them in positions that that player has to go for a shot, hmm. and he cleans up them. Pressure takes some pressure zone. on. So even if he goes down two or three frames, he just wears them down, wears them down, wears them down, and it's like he wears their confidence down. It's he's, he's absolutely brilliant. Entertainment was, yeah. He's no, he's no Mark Williams. No, he has. Mark Williams has hit the lefty. Unbelievable. Oh, the Welsh lefty. God, did you see that shot that we yeah. put up the other day? Unbelievable. So he, it's a, it's basically a double off the, the back, the, the top of the of the table and back into the middle, knocking a red over, which is over the middle pocket. But it, it's going to be a hell of a final if you're into your snooker. And yeah, do you know what? I don't think it gets as much coverage. On sports shows, that yeah. should do. No, it, it's 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 been really good. So you didn't get to watch one frame, no? Me, I've literally watched next to nothing, and I'm gonna have to put me in. Like snooker for me, obviously younger when you were desperate for any sport on TV, I watched a lot of it, and just hoping somebody had knocked Davis off his perch because after a while you get bored of the same person same winning. Person. Then it became Henry. It's like who's gonna knock him off his perch? And then of course Darty winning when he did, but. Yeah, over the last, say, five to ten years, I haven't seen as much some of the names. I wouldn't have a clue who they are. Now, it's also down to the coverage as well, because if it's more in your, if it's in front of your face, you'll know who they are, and you might watch a bit more. But for me, it's it's just something in, in me going, why turn it on for me? Why why should I start watching it for two weeks when I don't watch it for the other 50? But right. in fairness, I do keep an eye on the Irish, and I do, you do hear about it on our own websites and our own uh, channels, whether how, how the boys are getting on. And obviously, Mark Allen got to the quarters, and Doherty and O'Brien and a few others didn't make it. But no, for me, uh, yeah, it hasn't been on my radar at all this for the last two weeks. Apart from the, the shoulder barrage from Oh, shoulder Jesus, I had to watch week. that, and Hazel Irvine and a few of them talking about it the next day, and I was like, Jesus, I'd like. I get it how desperate is the, how desperate is snooker when you need that but at the same time it was a great bit of drama because of obviously the game that it is obviously the game that it is okay so this who is, would you tip for some reason I think John Higgins might just wear Mark, Mark yeah Williams. I think he's, he's and like it is to be title number five yeah for Higgins um, it would be toured for for, for Williams uh, yeah William, he's got two I just think he, he does. He does. He wear, Higgins wears people down. He yeah. just keeps at them and at them, and he forces them into mistakes. Uh, but I, I just this is the 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 end of the Williams game yesterday. <coughs> Underheaded, but why? Please take nothing for granted. This is tough.
We're definitely getting a PPI award for that clip. It doesn't get any more exciting than that. It's not over yet, will you hear that? Oh, Jesus. No. What a pot under the circumstances. Come on, Jimmy. He needs to pot the black. <sighs> you can We're still here, people. Jesus. Oh my god, edge of your seat stuff there, David. My summer buzz is gone. <laughs> now, in all fairness, uh, <laughs> when you're walk- watching that match, and, ba- and Barry Hawkins, who has been a thorough professional in the snooker world, has been in and around, and he's just he is getting better with age. That was an amazing semi final, mm. uh, albeit you know, snooker is that kind of quiet sport, yeah, yeah. you have to be quiet during the thing, but. It was it was dramatic. It's a great spot for radio. Yeah, it's a great spot for radio. Yeah, but Mark Williams was uh, Mark Williams was excellent. He even played in, in the tournament so far. He played a shot. Uh, do you ever the footballers do? Ah, oh, yeah, the, the old no look. For me, was no look. Yeah, well, Mark Williams hit one of those, and it wasn't even one that was hanging over the pocket. It was uh, uh, there was a right angle at it as well, and uh, he, he's just played out of his skin. So John Higgins and. Uh, Mark Williams t- Another sport which wouldn't literally get you on the edge of your seat but they're trying their best with this one-off thing that they do every, every uh, uh, this is the second year run of golf sixes seen none of it yesterday no? No I didn't even know it was on So basically uh, I think there's 16 teams in it this year yeah so four groups of four um, basically it's over six hole format and it's uh, green sums which basically means the, the four tee off and hit all their second shots but then it's the best ball in the green and they both have I think it's two goals at it or whatever oh, it is. Okay. so basically but this year it's a bit of a twist and I think it's a great idea to kind of keep the interest just in case it's not they don't want to take over um, uh, Pelly uh, I think his name's Key Pelly or whatever the CEO of the European Tour he said this is nothing to take over the real format of the four day golf it's just something that they want to do on the side from time to time to try and reel um, other fans in and it's uh, short and sharp you get a point for winning the hole uh, six holes and it's simple you win 2-1 or 3-1 there's no 1-up 2-up or level or anything like that you just get a point for each hole so who's in it? Uh, well I'll tell you now well, the, well I'll go through the uh, group stages at the moment because the reason why it's getting a bit of interest is because there's two women's teams two parents of women's teams basically Thomas Bjorn and a half and half uh, basically the European captain of the Solheim Cup and the European Ryder Cup captain uh, Thomas Bjorn and Katrina Matthew are together and then they said right let's get two women's teams in as well we've got England with Charlie Hull I can't think of the girl uh, Georgia Hall I think and then there's a, a Spanish girl called Saganda with um, Melissa Reed with the, oh. in the European women team I and see, I, both women's teams have qualified into the knockout stages yeah I've seen the clips actually and yeah. I actually was wondering they were wearing an England jersey yeah oh the English lads were wearing the old school 66 yeah. as soon as I seen it I went ah oh, idiots the, with the numbers on it I was like what is this I, I, yeah and uh, Earl are flying it with Simon uh, Jesus what's Dunn's name Paul Dunn Paul Dunn and uh, Gavin Moynan they topped their group with France, Italy and Scotland uh, Thailand are true with the European women's team they both uh, were first and second over Denmark and USA who's, this, who's with the States uh, a guy called Lipsky and a guy called Im. Like, there's one or two half decent names in it and then there's 
one or two guys who if you really knew the game you'd know who they are um, Australia and South Korea made out of Group B ahead of Spain and the European captain so poor El Bjorn and uh, Bjorn and Katrina Matthew didn't make it and in Group D the two England made it the, the men's pairing and the women's pairing and they defeated Sweden and South Africa so uh, the girls uh, are right bang in the middle of it uh, England women are playing Ireland today right and the European women are playing Australia in the Euro quarterfinal. And then it's Thailand against Korea. And then England men against France. So basically, it's over two days. Uh, as I said, six holes. And there's a shot clock as well. So there's no messing. Right. I, think it, I, don't, I think it's about a minute. If there's no messing, it's kind of get in there, shape up, have a little look where you're going and hit it. Is this it. a once a year thing? Yeah, it's a once a year. I don't think, as he said, he doesn't want to push it. He doesn't want to take over. It's a bit like, do you remember when the cricket started with 2020? Just to try and sex up cricket a little bit and kind of get other people interested in, it yeah. in a kind of quick format. That's what this is. It's something that Pelly wants to do from time to time just to kind of judge up the golf a little bit but he's no interest in taking over and like that so it the fact that the women are involved as well it's, it's probably a good thing this year and that's where it might have legs and it could be a bit of a 50-50 thing where they do it once a year and it might, you never know Okay, but it's interesting and it's as I said probably an hour an hour and a half for a game and it's done and uh, as I said with the shot clock it's constant and there's no messing so yeah keep an eye on it if you want and obviously hopefully the English ladies don't win because obviously they'll up against Ireland but the European women can win if they uh, want okay <laughs> right. so what we're going to do now is we're going to uh, play a song uh, because we have Darren Shields get Mr Shields on the line talk and uh, about talk the about rugby, the, the European European Champions Cup coming up on uh, Saturday in France uh, they're playing Racing uh, 92 or Racing Metro whatever you want to call them and then uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about Munster okay and for, for the rest <laughs> of the hour we may do uh, snooker will we oh Jesus no, yeah actually, yeah sure but well. actually after that then we're it's only a game <laughs> so put up a come on Jimmy we will have uh, Kieran Masterson on at half to talk nine, about the Friendship Cup to talk about the Friendship Cup the, uh, the DDSL uh, who's he gonna poach uh, <laughs> Ajax who is there Ajax Liverpool Ajax Bayern Liverpool Chelsea and the internet will tell me the rest after the next song okay. <laughs> play it away and a DDSL team shoot There you go. Just put the mics up there. So might as well say it again, seeing as if anyone wasn't sure what I said. Mm. <laughs> anyway, next Saturday, the 12th of May, kickoff is at 17.45. That's quarter to six for us, uh, mere mortals. In the San Mam Stadium in Bilbao, Leinster Rugby take on Racing 92 in the European Champions Cup final. It's very hard to kind of remind yourself that that's what it is instead of the H Cup. I, I won't other please drink responsibly everyone in this lovely sunny weather but we've got our usual uh, local uh, resident rugby uh, expert and all around uh, nice guy Darren Shields on the phone good morning Darren morning 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 how are we <laughs> how's the farm ah great farm mate a bit of sunshine vitamin D is kicking in we're all over the place <laughs> you got the shrimps in the barbie already oh absolutely what would you do in your barbie you, you like uh, filming some obscure stuff go on give us give us something Ah, oh, it depends. If I'm over in Spain now, I'll be straight down to Mercadona's, into the fish counter, get a few um, sea bream, a delish, Ooh. and uh, sea bream and some prawns. And a home, just a good old sausage or burger. Yeah, a few steaks. <laughs> 
So anyway, we have to talk Champions Cup. Uh, uh, I nearly said football. I'm so obsessed at the minute. But uh, Leinster, body count-wise, how are they looking for next week? Is everyone fit and healthy? Um, yeah, relatively so. Relatively so. I'd say they're, they're in a good shape. Um, I'd say, you know what I mean? But everything that's been built up around them and all the... Everybody's been made, had them favourites, including all of us. Like we've had them down as favourites for this, you know, from very, very early on in the season. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's really just a case of they just have to go out and do it now. Um, and I think that they are still seen as being favourites to do it, um, which is a strange thing coming from a, an Irish point of view. Yeah, that, of course. You know, but. I think one of the things that has changed, and I'm always still wary of it because I just always seem to, any time I uh, lose my pessimistic streak, I, you know, I always lose <laughs> it on me. Yeah, but I, I think one of the things that this team has shown is that the squad is so strong and the competition for places is so intense yeah. that when lads do come in, it's just, okay, we know what we're doing. Just do your job. Mm-hmm. And they are ruthless. Like absolutely ruthless to to a point where you'd be kind of comparing them to that same sort of all blacks mentality. Yeah. Um. If you look at them, um, in the previous round against Saris and the you know when they're they're playing with their full squad in the in the Pro 14, um, when it comes to the breakdown, they are absolutely lethal. You mm. you know the, your chances of imposing your game plan on them is so minute because of the violence that they create in and around that breakdown. Yeah, that sure. Um, you're basically taking it, everything you do, you're going backwards. Even yeah. when they're defending, they seem to be gaining yards on you. Sure, when I was watching it, I was away, kind of a lads weekend, so you kind of don't really get to really concentrate and listen to what the commentators are saying, but it was about three or four minutes in and they were down in the corner and they got a penalty and they were just psycho animals the way they got up and slapped the back off each other and Rob Kearney and everyone just got up and I just turned to one of the lads and said this game's over There's, there, yeah. no one's beating them today and I didn't even think it was going to be close and I was right but it was a bit of a guess but at the same time just looking at the sheer intensity of that team at the minute yeah. it's it's hard to not back them isn't it? Yeah but that's it Like you know what I mean it it, it doesn't take a, a, a kind of a knowledge of any sport to mm. see one team that psyched up that jacked and that, you, that really intense going for it you know what I mean there's there's an, an inevitability about it you know what I mean it'd be the same thing if you're watching a, a boxing match or if you're watching a basketball or something it's just one team is just so on it and so, so accurate and so intense there's a horrible sense and you know yourself when you've played against teams like that yeah. you just kind of go oh this is going to be a long day and no matter what we do you're kind of hoping for a break that you might get that little purple patch in your game that you kind of get something back but it's very very hard they are relentless and especially when you're thinking like you're comparing it to the football you're looking at Liverpool when they come out and the intensity they put into their, their hard press but you know after a while they are going to tire yeah. whereas the problem with the Leinster team is one they're very very fit and on the other hand is like when they start bringing on subs they're bringing on more and more Irish internationals Yeah, and you're kind of going okay hang on I've just got rid of Keane Healy and on comes Jack McGrath. Um, or I've just gone through uh, Tyg Furlong. Great, they're taking him off. Who do I get for the next 20 minutes? Oh, I've got Andrew Porter. Oh, brilliant. This guy's going to come on and pop me for another 20 minutes. You know? So, it is. It, it, they're, they're a special team at the moment. I think that the coaching ticket has an awful lot to take credit for. Um, especially the likes of uh, Stuart Lancaster that's been there for the way they play in open play. 
But uh, even to the other two lads there, to um, Dempsey and to Leo Cullen as a head coach, I think that what they've built there at the moment is something quite special. There's uh, the European Player of the Year shortlist is uh, out and it's obviously down to five players, three from Leinster, two from Racing. Um, what players on both teams are the players to who can win it basically for for their their, their respective team? Who 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 are they looking for to to play their A game? Obviously everyone, but that's another you know, A plus game. Who who are they yeah. looking for to especially well, I, Rassing because Leinster are so heavily favourites. Who are Rassing looking for to to actually stand out for them to have a chance? I think Rassing are going to be looking. They need their front five to have a big game, um, which I don't know if they can. I think you've got you know you have their the big name players that they have, the Kiwi lads and stuff that are there. Um, I think from a Leinster point of view, just when you say like which guy you're looking to stand out, I think the thing about them is when you look at that team when they play, nobody has a bad game. Yeah. Like everybody plays very, very well. And even if they don't play well, let's say they don't play spectacularly well. So even if you had a a ring rose or um, a Henshaw or uh, a Larmer or Sexton or Rob Kearney or any of these guys that you're kind of going oh yeah he he can do anything on his day on the days when they don't do that at the very least they play out of skin and they give everything and it, it's nobody has an off game work rate wise which I think is what tends to happen with uh, Rassing is that you have the um, you have the guys that can do the spectacular, but what tends to happen then is when they're not on it, they don't have that intensity even on the bad days. You know that kind of way. Yeah. Um, I reckon um, Donica Ryan will have a smashing game. I think if you look at the game against. Uh, Scarlets when you had uh, Tyke Byrne playing against that whole thing of lads who are Munster players playing against Leinster they no matter what happens or who they're playing for they'll always up their game I think he'll be a big influence um, I think if he can get that front five going if he can disrupt that line out time um, in the previous round the line out against Saracens I think they were nearly 100% for the whole day yeah. in the line out against Saracens they definitely weren't the, the first 50 odd minutes um, I think that gives Leinster a platform and if they get that platform going forward they're very very hard to stop so is so it I, in your I opinion think, sorry there in your opinion yeah. then is it Leinster's to lose uh, yeah I think so are Leinster going to be a bit fresher as well because we all know about the relentless of <clears throat> the top 14 league and obviously they would have been playing up to last week to get into the to the playoff spots and I think they're in one of the automatic ones where they get a boy into the semi-final stage but will they be a little bit fresher as well going into it? Yeah I think so I, mm. think, I think they will be I, I think the, I think that's one of the things that the um, the French and the English teams have complained about all season um, mm. is the, the fact that they they're competing against Irish teams that are allowed um, to rest players based on their international duty which obviously they don't have the luxury of or they obviously don't want to do it when they're paying guys mm. massive amounts of money um, and they don't have any 
uh, input from from the, the national boards. But I I do think that that Leinster team they will be fresher. I'd be nearly more worried for the week after where they've got Munster in the semi-final yeah. of the Pro 14 uh, playoffs because any other year where they've made it to the final or won the um, the Heineken Cup as it was or the, the Champions Cup as it is now they've it's very very hard to kind of win a tournament and then the following week go out and yeah. play in either the final or the semi-final of another tournament and be of that level no matter how professional you are Mm. Um, unless you try to do the the kind of Irish Six Nations thing where you don't really celebrate the win and you're banking on winning the double you know that kind yeah. of way in, in Ireland's case going for the Grand Slam but it's an awful risk to take and it's a terrible thing to try and turn around for a bunch of lads who've busted their guts all season to say don't celebrate okay, well look we're, we're not going to go mad over winning the the European Cup yeah. when Work because we're going to push for a domestic title as well. You know that kind of way. So it's it's a difficult balance. I'd say the chances are that they'll win uh, against Racing, but I think the 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 Munster game the following week will be an awful lot tighter than people are reckoning. Yeah, I think the the Munster lads have been clever enough now. They'll play up the the underdogs thing as much yeah. as they can. Um, they'll have a lot of. Uh, emotion going into it with you know players leaving the uh, Zebo and um, uh, what's it on Copeland finished up in Tolman yesterday, so uh, obviously they'll be they'll be pushing now going forward to try and just finish to, on a high note. Just to go away from the Champions Cup for a, a split second, the whole Joey Carberry kind of the IRF you wanting them to kind of go up to Ulster for more for more rugby is that likely or is it? something um, that it's just a bit pie in the sky for the IRFU oh no 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 it's, it is a very very likely thing um, I don't know if you saw the photographs someone had taken photographs uh, of Joe Smith out for lunch with Joey Carberry right. uh, during the week having a chat with him um, I'm sure trying to sell the notion to him mm. um, it is a, it's a difficult one to play up like if you look at it from a player's point of view you can say oh yeah look going forward at an international level you're going to be getting time at um, at 10 you know with a, a, a decent team or a, a, a well known club and all that kind of stuff but if you're looking at the turmoil that's going on up there you're yeah. kind of going oh what am I doing yeah, I'm yeah. sure even Jordy Murphy at this stage having seen how well he's played since Josh van der Fleer picked up the injury um, early on the Six Nations mm. is a, Jordy Murphy's been one of the best back rows in Europe since he's mm. come back in and we, he was kind of surplus to requirements at the point where he turned around and went okay I'll go up north and uh, sign a contract up there um, I think the question originally was would Leinster if they had to pick between Byrne uh, Ross Byrne and Carberry going which one would they pick and a lot of people were saying, oh, they should keep Carberry because he's, you know, the, the better player. He's the other. They're better off keeping Burn. If they had to get rid of one, which nobody wants to do. Mm. And again, you don't know if the players want to give it up. Like, it is playing first team rugby and probably getting into the, uh, and getting more time at 10 worth not winning trophies. Yeah. Because Ulster aren't going to be in within a sniff now for another few years, even with Carberry there and Jordy Murphy and Marty Moore and 
the other lads that they're signing. But they've no, they're, they're still a bit rudderless as a club. You know what I mean? The the coaching uh, ticket is nowhere near what you're you're getting down at Leinster. So you're kind of going, mm. well, would I be developing better even as a sub? with high level coaching and a really strong structure and a, a, a setup like Lens to have or do I want to go up and try and you know steer the thing on my own up yeah. north well the thing it's is a, I think with really Ulster they'll firmly be buying Leinster because I believe that they need Leinster to win to guarantee them a place in the competition next year in the yeah. the, 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 the European Cup what is I'm looking at the Pro 14 table here at the moment um, and obviously Ulster in, in, in all right season uh, Connacht have drifted back to uh, Connacht ways again uh, the whole format how do you think it worked out? Uh, I think it's gone pretty well I, th- I think for something that was thrown in last minute which you know with the South African teams coming in um, came in very very late into the in, into the. Um, Are they going to stay in it the, uh, again, Darren? Sorry. Are they going to stay in it again? Yeah, yeah. Their contract, I think, is for a few years. Right. Um. It, yeah, they definitely had. I think they, it. It might have been. It's. I think it's five overall, but yeah. I think after two, they've an option to revisit it. Yeah. Uh, but they're definitely going two with it. Um. To start, I think. I think it's gone okay. I think we had. Um. One of the South African teams made the playoff. Yeah, the Chiefs, the other yeah. One, but yeah, I think the Kings were a bit more disappointing. If it well, was one win in 21. Yeah, exactly. So you're kind of looking at, is there is it worth maybe amalgamating the two of them together or mm-hmm. dropping dropping one of those teams? Um, it could, like I, I said last year when it came in, that I think they'd be better off with one South African team and one Italian team. Um, and put it back to a 12 yeah. um, they could lighten down on the fixtures a little bit I think one of the well, sure there's rumours Darren of um, potentially North American teams coming in if if, there's, if this proves to be a success isn't that true? Yeah there's rumours but again you're looking at what you get away with um, with South Africa with the distance between them is the time zones yeah. are quite similar if you're going over to New York, you're putting a five-hour time difference yeah, on it, yeah. um, which is going to kill lads jet lag-wise and whatever. It's bad enough traveling, you know, eight, eight hours down to South Africa, but it, you know, at least you're you can sleep on the plane, you can work things out from yeah, there. Yeah. And TV-wise, it's not too bad. Yeah, I think yeah. if you start jumping the Atlantic and stuff like that, I think it gets messy. Um, I think if they go back to twelve, I think the other thing they need to revisit is just the fixtures list. I think the fixtures were badly worked out this year okay. but again I would take it that they were under pressure time wise to it yeah, the likes of the Scarlets playing um, Leinster twice during the Six Nations where both teams are fielding second and third string sides mm-hmm. um, I thought it was poor they should be you know grandstand games where you're kind of going nah let's put this at a time where we know it's after November internationals it's before the Six Nations and let's see two of the best teams in Europe which they've shown now because you know both of them have done well just let them have a go at each other and let them knock lumps out of each other and see how they get on and I think that would be class and, I, and it's great for the tournament you know that kind of way to see the best teams with the with their or the best clubs with their best teams on the pitch play each other during the season as opposed to let's see who's academy is stronger because mm. essentially that's what they're going to be playing against each other you know that kind of way yeah um, so 
Leinster, to, Leinster to win it. Uh, yeah, we go for it. Go for Comfortable it. or nice no, and tight? No, I think it, I, I think it'd be a little bit tighter. I think um, I I think they'll try and dominate um, physically, but again, there's just a couple of errors or little mistakes um, with lads under pressure. The noise in the place, the atmosphere in the place is going to be intense. You know, people are making a big deal about um, it being down at Bilbao and all yeah. that kind of stuff. The, the the atmosphere will be insane. Um, I think if they start, if ne- if Lens start off a little bit nervous, they could concede early, and it, it it could be a little bit ropey. But if they go out the way they have done in previous rounds, and they just physically impose themselves uh, against Racing, I think Racing will struggle. Um, yeah. Do you know of any good uh, travelling stories from any of the boys going down? Um, Where some of the obscure places they're getting to? Uh, I think most of the, I'm trying to think now. I know, I know some lads that are flying that are flying into Madrid. They're going to get. No, they're going to fly up. Excuse me. Actually, they can swing it over there in Castle College anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. These are these are all the ex boys, the old boys now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was kind of going. It's like the the only thing that's making it really, really expensive. The accommodation, the accom- the accommodation is exorbitant. Right. Uh, 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 what else is there? Are extortionate. The other thing they have um, is once you're not trying to get in and out for the game, as in if you could afford to take a couple of days holidays either okay. side of it, um, it's not too bad. But for the but one minute you're most, talking silly money. Most people have avoided actually going into about that's. Yeah. Mega money, but it's not too hard to get into um, Bordeaux. Um, yeah, it's only And Bordeaux. then the, you get a, you get a tr- not a train, you get a bus down from Bordeaux in about an hour forty five. Um, I think a, a lot of people are gonna they'll probably stay there and have a bus to bring them back. Back yeah, to the fine wine and cheeses. So Ryanair probably fly into Madrid. Is that what it is? <laughs> and call yeah, it Bilbao. Bilbao South. Yeah, yeah. Probably come into North Portugal. And you just kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they fly into the same country. Okay, listen, Darren. Thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. Uh, we're looking forward to it next week. Uh, it should be it should be a great occasion, yeah, as so. it always is. And uh, again, with with the uh, Irish team on a high and and. Uh, Irish. Actually, it took a little bit of a dip there yeah. for a, a little while, so it's good to see us back we'll in there the again. Back where they belong. It'd be brilliant to see uh, Leinster going do it. Yeah. Okay, Dar- yeah. thanks very much. Have a good day, mate. All right, lads. You too. Enjoy the sunshine. I'll chat to you soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. And welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. The FAI National Trend Centre will, will be and is a hive of activity as the DDSL have their Friendship Cup on. It's the bank holiday weekend, so we have a, a, a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The tournament is helping the DDSL celebrate the 75th anniversary and will see some of the biggest clubs in Europe represented like Man United, Liverpool, Ajax, Bayern Munich, Chelsea and of course our own DDSL team. So we have Kieran Masterson on the, the line to talk about the, the cup. Kieran, how are you doing? 
Good morning, Roy. Good morning. Uh, so far, how is it going? How is the, the, the layout of it and, and how has it been received? Uh, well, first things first, uh, Roy, uh, we're blessed with some glorious weather and that weather has made the whole occasion, uh, you know, something special to the whole. Uh, in relation to the football, the standard of play has been outstanding and I'm so proud to say that our Dublin District Scooper League have been highly competitive uh, and they're in a chance this morning of uh, reaching the final. We've seen some some quality football, and uh, uh, there's a couple of players from us, specifically Ajax, who have really impressed all the uh, the scouts and the agents here this morning and uh, over the weekend. And what we're looking for, there'll be no doubt that the, the final will be an absolute uh, football uh, extravaganza. Brilliant. How, how did this come about? What, 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 what I suppose. It came about because obviously the 75 years uh, of the ESL football and it has to be acknowledged and recognised um, the DBSL brand and what it's done for for, for all the kids in Dublin is, is, is uh, has to be acknowledged and to do it what we decided to do was to bring the best teams some say in the world uh, to come and play and, and the, own, the, the words of, of the, the clubs that are attending they have recognised that the standard of competition at this tournament is the best in Europe for the under 13 age group in, uh, this year so um, it's acknowledging what we, the, the league stands for and what it's trying to move forward into recognised by other uh, large clubs as, a, as an organisation which provides kids with a pathway into to, to professional football so no we're absolutely delighted yeah is this because we have the, the FAI under 13 under 15 17 and 19 uh, leagues with the, the League of Ireland is this something that the DDSL may be trying to s- step up to the plate and try and keep their brand alive I would say look um, the, the whole issue of pathways for players is, is, is an important debate but I suppose you've got to put it into context with the DDSL do they provide football for 20,000 children each weekend <laughs> and a small number of those boys uh, are, would have aspirations or intentions to progress uh, to, to a professional level but primarily what the league is trying to do and, has, uh, and it is doing is it's football for all and uh, it's giving children an opportunity in a structured fashion to develop their skill set and improve as players and yes there's some improve to a certain level that they're able to compete with the likes of the European clubs in the way we just described, that's a good thing. But again, the club is about football for all, and uh, we have all different standards and, and, and quality of boys, and some, as I say, yeah, will have an opportunity to develop. But we want inclusion, and that's what the the, the DBSL ethos is. Brilliant. What was the 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 day? The, I suppose the days leading up to the tournament and over the tournament being like for our, our DDSL team. Yeah, well, if you, if you can imagine, we spent a lot of time. Uh, our sponsors were being outstanding, particularly uh, uh, lifestyle sports. Uh, the experience of the children being interviewed, uh, they're staying in the hotel up in Dunboyne with all the other teams. We have two two hotels we're using Dunboyne and Castle Lock, and they've been outstanding to us. And the whole, uh, let me say, opportunity for these boys to live a, a level of a dream where you're, you're, you're having your breakfast with uh, IX teams, Manchester United teams, six or four, your lunch, your mixing. And I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm proud to say that on the pitch we are doing extremely well and the results have been outstanding for the DSL. And if they could get a win against Bayern Munich in, in, a, in a league format, 
they will win the final. Yeah. So um, I have uh, I have the league tables here in front of me. Ajax obviously far from far yeah. and. Uh, anyone I've heard from so far have been highly impressed uh, with, with their style of play. Uh, Barnes, the second on nine points, DDSL on seven, Man United four, Chelsea three, and Liverpool are down there, uh, the wooden spoon. I'm looking at David Bugle across the Stop way. Stop rubbing it. <laughs> uh, the future's bright for Liverpool. They've heard of them. In fairness to Liverpool, they, they, they've got a very young squad. And yeah. uh, the, the, like, as you can see from the scorelines, uh, it's been a very competitive and again, yes, it's a competition on the league level, but we're delighted to see that the teams are using all their players. And, uh, and also it's important to us is that the facility out in Abbottstown is, Abbottstown is world class. And uh, we are, that's not us saying that, that's the competing clubs. We've had an opportunity to bring the likes of Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool over in the field trip, and they just said to us in advance that this is superb, and they would love to be invited again. Okay. So not only are the EDSL doing their piece in relation to uh, uh, competing on the pitch, I believe through the FEI and the facilities that we have here, we are definitely competing at the highest level. So is, could this be an annual thing? It, it's something that you have to review because its fundamental role was to commemorate the 75th year. Uh, I think we need to do that. And it's been, it, the function of the competition is doing it. We're doing it, I would say, doing it in the right way. Uh, and I think anybody who has attended and has come and seen the quality of the pitch, quality of the competition, the whole presentation would say that uh, it does reflect on the DDSL well. And it should because of the 75 years. So we are looking to see uh, what's best for the league. And if it is that we, we, we have an annual event, I can tell you the likes of Manchester United uh, are very keen for us to, 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 to do something similar next year. So look, the jury's out. Yeah, because um, with the Galway Cup, which is a brilliant competition, brilliant, yeah. um, it does it, it does spread that enthusiasm to see what the future holds. And uh, with the likes of Manchester United, Liverpool, etc., uh, are the attendances out there? Is, is there much interest? Yeah, I'd say, to be honest, first, we've got uh, Friday night, we've got people yesterday, we've got five, six, seven hundred people throughout the day. And hopefully we will we'll keep that today with the finals. But again, look, if people would just even like to see what the level of football is uh, throughout Europe, it's a great opportunity. It's yeah. not very often on a Sunday morning in a locality in Dublin that you'll have Bayern, Munich, Chelsea, FC, Liverpool, Manchester United, Ajax performing to the highest level. So uh, if you're a football team have any interest in football, yeah, Abbotstown is the place to be. What time does it kick off today? How much? How much is it to get in? Certainly, it's it's a fiver in, so just uh, it's a, 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 a normal cost of trying, as I said, be with our overall cost base. Uh, but uh, we're kicking off at ten o'clock. But in there, there'll be football right up uh, from ten o'clock. Second matches on at half eleven. Uh, kick off eleven forty-five, and our final we're trying to put in at twelve o'clock today. And yeah. it looks like it could be in the final Ajax. And it could be our own DDSL. Well, fingers so, crossed. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> if it's Bayern Munich, we will still enjoy a feast of football. Yeah, brilliant. Listen, Kieran, obviously you're uh, Connor Masterson's our father. So uh, we're great pictures and scenes of him out on the pitch with the uh, with the Liverpool side over in Rome. Um, he looks like he's uh, in another world. How is he enjoying it? Um, look, he's in a, he's in the right place uh, at the moment in his mindset. Uh, uh, 
he lived again and eventually he was a Liverpool fan and you're a Liverpool fan all his life so, so to, to be there with the team but I suppose in his mind uh, he's a professional footballer and his ambitions is to play and I suppose the, the pathway for him in relation to the journey he's been on uh, it's been a fantastic journey but the, the hard work to get him to where he is he needs to nearly double it to get across that white line and he knows how close but how far he has to travel to, 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 to be a regular in Liverpool FC and uh, he, he's just working hard and I'm pleased to say that he, he's focused enough to wear you know and uh, I have to say Liverpool have been outstanding to him Jürgen Klopp has given him a lot of time and a lot of encouragement and let's see where the next couple of months take him there has been uh, a few rumours linking uh, Steven Gerrard and his Rangers team <laughs> with Connor already. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, that would certainly be an interesting move. But uh, is, is there is there anything on the horizon uh, loan wise, or well, is it is it that Liverpool are, are looking to keep him? Well, Jurgen has a has a style where he, he, he prefers to keep uh, any say developing players in and around the 14 squad and playing on the 22. Connor would say everything went well, Sterling did only took a match, fantastic, and the next day he's been training in Atlanta, puts them puts it on his backside. And when you're training against Atlanta and Atlanta, Salah, all of these players, and you're in around very experienced players like Lindner and Henderson, you, you know, you learn. And uh, that type of quality, you know, our opportunity doesn't come uh, too often. So Van Dijk, if you're part of it, Van Dijk has a banker for, for defensive work. Uh, you're going along with top quality people. And there's a balance. Uh, yes, he, he wants to play, but the opportunities developed in and around the first team squad can't be knocked either. So let me say, decisions, well, they're not being made. Uh, what's happening is uh, every day, obviously, we get more acclimatised, more custom, but I'm uh, aware of what's going on and he's developing them. I think uh, over the next couple of months, Let's cut to the brass tax here, Karen. Have you any tickets for the match? Well, I, I, I'm going to lie now. I'd love to go myself, but in action, it just doesn't seem feasible. Now, look, you know, he, he was telling me, you know, young Gomez is uh, or his anchor, and, you know, you're, you're kind of saying, oh my God, you know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a million miles. Except in football, lads, who'd have thought it'd be on the bench in the quarterfinals against Manchester City yeah. in Anfield? No one, not us, not him. But Jurgen has some belief in him, and uh, you just don't know. So let's see. Let's so you're see. saying now then, yeah? I'm saying polite. Yeah, <laughs> 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 right, you can cut him off now. I don't care. <laughs> Listen, Kieran, we'll, uh, we're, we're, we're actually going to do a feature on uh, schoolboy football uh, in the very near future. So we, we, we may very well be back on to you and the DDSL to maybe come in and have a talk about uh, uh, youth football in Ireland and the future and, and, and etc. But with the weekend, best of luck for the weekend with the tournament. Uh, it's a brilliant thing because it just stores the interest in football here, especially, uh, in, I suppose, for, yeah. for football. The, the, the and it's a great barometer that it shows that at, our, at this level, we are as good as, as, the, as the best around, as it's proven this weekend. Absolutely, lads. Absolutely. Finally, lads, I have to say a real thank you to all our sponsors. You know, uh, yeah, without the support from Lifestyle Sports, Top Flight and Yields and the Herald, uh, our lingers have been outstanding on, in cooperation with us. So, you know, it, it can't go, these competitions can't go, I can't function with the support yeah. of these people. So, no, a real thank you to all that. 
Brilliant, Kieran. Enjoy your okay. day today. Oh, I will, I will. Thank Thanks you very much, much Kieran. Talk to you. Bye-bye. 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 And welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. Uh, as you said, brilliant tournament. Uh, so if you get a yeah. chance to go out today to the DDS, even just uh, spend a few hours out in the sunshine, you get to see a bit of quality football for uh, for a fiver. And, get, uh, right. and I think the, there's a family one. I can't remember. I, I, I turned off the website there now, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's very reasonable. It's little or nothing for for a good day's entertainment yeah. and uh, get a red. And whatever about the English clubs, see the English clubs really have to battle against each other, and that's why they never seem to do as well against these. But Ajax seem to just have the stars of Holland every year. Every year. And just to say you've seen them, a bit like Barcelona when they came, you, you can't not have a look, and you never know. There is the next Messi or a, the next Lippmann and or Ibrahimovic in these squads. You know, and it'd be nice to say, yeah, I've seen him, you know, so get out there. Stevie G, what was your thoughts on Stevie G landing the Rangers <sighs> job? The, it's a funny one. Like, the guy wants to get into management 100%. Does it, I'd love to know what his real thoughts on her. Does he think he's taking the easy option and being with a team who are going to win more than they lose? But at the same time, coming second is irrelevant in Scotland. It's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. It's a failure. Um, and by all accounts, unless there's some tycoon coming in the background, they're not going to overtake Celtic in the next couple of no. years, in my opinion. Um, no. If he and winning one all firm derby next year is not a sign of improvement for them, I, I, it's a funny one. Um, unless he thinks he's going to pull off something, and like I know the gap isn't huge this year, in no. fairness, it's not huge, but at the same time, don't be surprised if Celtic pull out a few quid out of the bag this year well with the, with the fixtures the way they are and who Rangers have to play le- left in the league they can actually finish fourth oh yeah Rangers even yeah. though I think they're in third now just a point or something behind uh, mm. Aberdeen uh, but they can, still, they can still finish fourth so that might even take them out of Europe would it? Th- well that might take yeah but that might take it it might, that might suit Stevie J because then well, he finished second next year then he can hide behind coming second, second and, and build you know. on to that but I can't expect I, I don't think they can expect to do much more yeah. other than uh, have a team that is yeah. challenging maybe listen he's definitely got a, at least one full season without being under pressure but at the same time he can't afford to be losing 5-0 to Celtic yeah. uh, it, it, the way it was last week and very gutless performance it, it, it very that's what it looked like to me but in fairness they're lacking quality as well so I'm not going to just say but it was gutless they are lacking some quality I think they're players. actually I don't even think they're as strong a team as they were when they came up last year. Yeah. You know, so there, there has, has been on the slide. The early rumours, uh, Torres. Well, I seen that last and night. Skirtle. Yeah, Skirtle. He's, yeah. Tr- he's trying to get the two of them in. Yeah. Um, and then um, they need to Without get. a shadow of a doubt, there's going to be some Liverpool kids coming up on loan or yeah, potentially. Right. That's, that's, that's I'd be what, shocked if there isn't. That's what we were saying. As we mentioned. Connor and Kieran didn't mention yeah. Connor, uh, but uh, of course, them things have to come into uh, fruition for it mm-hmm, to happen mm-hmm. Ali McCoy's had his uh, thoughts about Stevie G uh, and uh, Rangers absolutely magic for Scottish football it really is it's uh, without doubt in my opinion it's put Scottish football back in the map again you know we got a global 
name like Steven Gerrard coming to, to, to Scottish football and indeed to Rangers, it's great. It really is because he, he will create interest um, in Scottish football throughout the world. There's no doubt about that. Whether it's a good move for, for Rangers and indeed great, uh, Steven Gerrard, time will tell. Mm-hmm. I hopefully, clearly, uh, I, I hope that will be the case. I heard a couple of boys saying it's a gamble and I get that, but listen, any appointing any manager or any coach is a gamble. Steven clearly doesn't have uh, managerial experience. But listen, how do you get it? You know, he's starting at a big club and he's 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 interviewed. I thought his press conference today was exceptionally good. So we're all really excited about it, as you as you can imagine, as you probably saw some of the pictures and the and the, and the television screens and, and and the social media footage. Um, Glasgow is an exciting place at this moment in time, and the turnout he got from the from the support today was exceptional. There you go. So share them thoughts. Yeah, like maybe not having the experience could be a good thing. You know, because sometimes having the experience might make you a bit more negative or a bit more cautious because you've seen it all. And he could come in with a kind of a lack of respect. That's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Yeah. And just come in with that. I've come from Liverpool. I've come from being one of the best players in the world for most of my career. And I'm going to have that attitude. And I don't care who's around me. So that's the potential positive. But um, we'll wait and see. But as Ali McCoy said, I just want to reiterate that one. Yeah, it definitely puts Scottish football kind of a little level or two up on the map for at least a few weeks when when, when Brandon Rogers being there uh, brought notice to Celtic now this is bringing back notice not just to Celtic and Rangers but and then the link between the two as well so that's going to make it tasty the first old firm and they're, they're great friends he's a lot of respect for, for Rogers. like he, he loved what he did there and obviously the nearly the nearly year and Rogers obviously loved him so it'll be interesting to see them going a bit toe to toe and how testy will it get all he kind of said was listen welcome to the to the city of or the, the, was it not getting any sleep or something along them lines yeah so uh, he left it at that so we'll wait and see but no doubt they'll talk over the summer of course they will bit. and I mean he'll get no still them won't be holding back on anything it's not, there's, yeah. not, there's no friendships in football uh, when you're out there in, and like, in the pitch so. it might be a bit of crack with him as well because I don't think he's the type that's just going to say the usual 100% and we're going to give it everything I, I'd say he'll give his opinion so we might get some good quotes out of him when, when, when it all kicks off yeah. I'd say he's the type that I'm not saying he's certainly not Roy Keane but you know he'd be a, a, a diluted version of him where I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll give his opinion on, on things and not just say the, the nicey nicey things and stay under the radar but it actually might pull the Rangers uh, club together because to have someone of his stature there's a lot of respect there so people are um, as long as he's uh, could you imagine at the start of pre-season and, and you've got somebody there, like him yeah. telling you what to do you're going to bloody do you're going to fall into shape because he's on a different level yeah. to you even probably now yeah. that's how good he is or was so the early st- the early time is going to be vital. It's just whether he can maintain it over a couple of years. And that will come down to his his coaching, exactly. his managerial that's, abilities. And he that's has, where he so he has respect as a player. He'll bring that in. He'll get that for the first few months. But the managerial and, and coaching thing is going to carry him then. So it's the longevity side of it. Yeah, yeah. has he got yeah. it? Hey, would I like to see him do well? You do, but to you a do when you don't. <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? <laughs> I'm torn. Like obviously, uh, he's a Liverpool legend and all that, and you kind of want to see him do well, and you know. You want to see him do well in the sense that more and more players are taking the easy option and going into punditry because they're like, yeah, affect this. Look at what happened to Gary Neville and all these. And they don't quite make it. Leave it to the old guys or the, the foreigners that come in. You kind of want to see him do well to kind of encourage some of the others because your Bellamy's and all your Sutton's and all these who are great mouthpieces on, on thing. But it's like, get out there on the sideline and see what you think of it. Um, so it might encourage a few more to get out there. That's it. Okay, right. We're wrapping it up today. So enjoy your bank holiday. Good luck to New York today. Oh, that's New York. Yeah, okay. taking on Leitrim. And it, it, they're not favourites, but it, it could be their first ever championship victory today. It'd be great to see. Uh, so we'll wait and see. But the only problem is if they win, 
they probably won't be able to get half the team back to, to Ireland. Oh, yeah, that's true. The, yeah. That's the, the fear of it. Uh, they, uh, they, might get, they might get one. They might get one. Listen, okay. Enjoy the rest Listen, of the bank holiday weekend. weekend. Cheers. Bye.